It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Franchise Academy. Got a really cool show here for this episode. This is different. This is not so much about franchising tonight, but this is about conscious leadership. And it could be conscious leadership in your franchise, in your job, in your regular business, or as an attorney, or as a CEO of a franchise. We're going to talk a lot about making things equitable for everyone involved in your business and in your job. So I have an expert with me who who actually is an old friend that I met back in 2015, and we kind of stayed in touch on and off over the years. Dr. Murad Nazari is an award-winning author. He's executive coach. He is a consultant, speaker, and a master teacher in yoga and meditation. He's a distinguished business leader in San Diego, where he resides currently, and uh, served as a professor of international business negotiation at UCIU for the past 10 years and a whole bunch of other things which we're going to talk about. <laughs> so many distinguished <laughs> things that you've done. So welcome, Doctor. How are you? I am very well, Tom. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, this is a blessing. I am so excited to um, kind of pick your brain and, and let the world know about what you're doing in the world of consciousness, which is really kind of a, it's silly to say a hobby for me, but it's almost like a hobby for me. I'm always trying to learn new things and, and you are kind of the, you know, not to be cliche, but kind of the guru in this business meets consciousness world. So what I love about what you're doing is the kind of services you're, you provide. So instead of me explaining it, tell us a little bit about exactly what you do. Well, I think uh, our connection came as a result of my book, Enlightened Negotiation, that is really is about how to connect with other people at the level that an evolved human being should and could interact and inter and negotiate with each other. Unfortunately, um, Typical business have taken us away from our true essence. And when you refer to consciousness, which I'm glad that you started with about conscious leadership, is understanding of what it is. We are always aware. We are always conscious. But what are we, what are we conscious of? What are we focusing on? We sometimes forget our true essence of as a human being who we are. And the idea is to really go back to that authentic self and deal at that, you know, from that perspective, from that point and connect with people that they are supreme being in front of you. They're trying to do business with you and try to elevate our interaction and to really perform what we were meant to do to create this world a better place. Mm -hmm. That was, we were born just to do that. And unfortunately, sometimes we get into business and we forget about that bigger picture, bigger purpose. And my work has been based on bringing that humanity 
those natural laws, those universal laws that dictate that connection together and promote that type of interaction and negotiation. And that is really something that a lot of people are seeking. And a lot of times they don't even realize they are seeking it. But what came to mind as you were explaining is, you know, as I match people with franchise opportunities, and I've been doing it for 14 years now, the tide has changed. And I'm talking to, you know, what we would call younger people. I, I don't know if they're quite millennials, but maybe a little bit older, whatever they call the generation before them. But these folks often ask me, you know, the franchise that I want, I want them to have a social consciousness. Mm-hmm. Now, you mm-hmm. didn't hear that 10 years ago. That's right. That's right. So I think the mood of the business world is changing a lot. When you, and you think about companies like, you know, Tom's Shoes that, you know, they give away shoes to people. For every shoe you buy, they give one to someone who doesn't have shoes. You know, just so many companies like that are coming about and, and you could probably rattle off a bunch this is kind of where we're headed and more and more franchises are heading this way. And it's not just what I call, you know, greenwashing, which is, you know, let's say that we do it or let's say that we're green, but they are actually doing things and, and spending whole entire days giving back. Absolutely. It used to be a triple bottom line of people, planet and profit. And it has changed to the quadruple bottom line, which added purpose. What is the purpose of what we are doing? Business has a lot of power, but the only, and first of all, capitalism, a wonderful thing, and business are there to create and be prosper. That, that is essence of the business and being in a capitalistic society. However, at the same time, there is a lot bigger mission that each business has, they have more power. And businesses who are really coming from that perspective are doing far better, are more profitable, more sustainable than businesses that are looking at the short term, just profit. I totally agree. Um, and, and I've been very aware of that quadruple bottom line and going all the way back, I don't know how many years ago now, and, and I was working with a professor uh, in New Jersey and trying to figure out how we could get franchises to understand that a little bit better. Uh, and her book was about green consciousness and, and how mm-hmm. to really do it from cradle to grave and not just make believe. And that's Absolutely. where I got the term greenwashing from her, actually. Absolutely. You're right. Yes. So I think that a lot of folks are becoming more aware. And, and I think it's a golden age for people like you who have been studying this for 30 years at least. And you were probably seen as, as my mother would call it, hippy dippy, <laughs> thirty years ago. <laughs> but um, but now you're like at the forefront of things that are happening, and I've noticed the same thing when when the businesses that do good do well. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. As a matter of fact, Tom, to be frank with you. Um, I was in the world of business and I was doing business as usual. And then I went back to school. I wrote my dissertation on negotiation and opened my eyes. At the same time, I started practicing yoga and meditation, really, really getting in touch with my essence, my true self. And uh, for a while, I was really operating undercover. I mean, I was not, it was not easy to come out and said, yes, I'm a businessman and I practice yoga and meditation. But uh, 
it really brought it back to me. It taught me a lot of lessons. And ultimately, and I think if uh, we're willing to just leave the people with one, the audience with one word, is that we are all connected as a human being. And we have to understand the nature of our interdependence. And once we realize that, everything else is really going to fall into place beautifully. Mm-hmm. And it is what just uh, not long ago that I was able to really bring these th- three elements of my business background, my academic background, and my spiritual studies uh, together to create this enlightened negotiation. Amazing. And it's funny how it all comes together and it's coming together at the right time. Some of my friends and family call me spiritual gangster, uh, <laughs> which, which kind of uh, says it all. And, and it's actually a, a, a yoga clothing line called that spiritual gangster mm-hmm. name. And so I wear those shirts and people are like, oh my God, I have to get that shirt. <laughs> and and, and it's, it's cool. So what kind of organizations or what size organiza- organizations do you work with? Uh, frankly, I work in, with a range of companies. I have worked as uh, small companies. Sometimes I just do a consulting and one-on-one coaching with very small companies. And also I have uh, invited and worked with the companies that $315 billion under asset management. And I work with 60 of their international executives. Well, these are companies that they understand the essence of maximizing the collective gain. These are the companies to understand how we have to elevate our interactions. So much is wasted in stalemate and conflict in organization. And once we smooth out those conflict and resolve those element that caused the conflict and sort of misunderstanding, miscommunication, and then the productivity, the trust uh, will go up. And these are companies at all levels. Once they realize that that is the case, they're all embrace the teachings. I have worked with Sony, I have worked with eBay, and also small companies, as well as the uh, national conflict resolution uh, that I have trained their staff all the same basic principles of enlightened negotiation apply to any type of, any size of organization. So what's coming to mind is, you know, I'm in the franchise world, obviously. So a lot of times franchise companies find find themselves somehow in an adversarial relationship with the franchisees. Do you think that you coming in to do a program, say, at a national conference of a franchise company could help them? Absolutely. As I said, it is all about human interaction. Any business that you go, you know, we are at, ultimately, we are connecting, we are interacting with other people. And there are certain elements that are involved. Uh, in this interaction. Sometimes it's just a simple communication. Sometimes it's persuasion. And sometimes it's negotiation. Anytime there's expectation of exchange, where there's a good services or behavior, that becomes negotiation. And that has a different structure. It has different elements that all parties have to be cognizant of. And once we know that, then we have the roadmap to move forward and up. 
And uh, to me, that is something that not it works in business, also in personal life. I think we not long ago when we were talking, I shared with you that, you know, we as a living being, we are oxygen dependent. We have to breathe in order to survive. But how many people do you know that they have taken a breathing class? (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, we are social animals. We must interact in order to survive. How many people have taken a class in learning how to negotiate? Very few. And that is the problem that we don't understand. And we negotiate more frequently than we realize with our friends, with our family, with our neighbors, in our uh, community. It's constant negotiation, yet we were never told how to do it properly. So there's a negotiation negotiation every day here in my house for dinner. What are we going to have? Absolutely. 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 (laughs) And guess what? Whenever these things are not resolved properly, there's a buildup of the feelings that at some point is going to explode. But when we do it properly, not only there is not that negative buildup, also feeds the relationship and makes the relationship stronger and more harmonious. And that, that's amazing because it just, again, goes back to the franchise thing where, you know, the franchisor basically is laying out the rules and the franchisee who bought, you know, he bought into this company and, you know, they say, do it this way. And there's no room for, you know, why? It's just do it this way. And it does, they don't mean to come off that way, but when you don't give the person to ask the question why, and, you know, hash it out just so I can understand it, it does build up that resentment. And it's a little, I'm going to say little pebbles and little pieces of rock that build up, that build up to so long, you keep on putting them in your backpack. And then one day you unload that backpack. That's (laughs) right. On someone, it's just too much to carry. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely right. I think that's amazing. So before we, we've got a lot more to talk about, but I just want to let people know where they could reach you and find out more about everything that you're doing with Enlightened Negotiation. Could you give us a little bit of uh, that info? Well, I worked uh, one-on-one with executives as a coach. I do consulting on negotiation. Sometimes people uh, call me and they have an immediate need for some advice on a negotiation that is coming up and they need some sort of a direction, as well as I work with companies on a long-term basis of really setting the uh, step-by-step negotiation so they are basically more preventive approach to negotiation, to learn it, to not to get to the point that there is an emergency call, what to do about this. You have learned it from the beginning. And is there a website that they could go to? to... Enlightennegotiation.com. All my services are listed there and they can take a look and go from there. That's great. And I'll put that on the website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Both go to the same website and I'll put all of Dr. Nazari's information on there. So, Dr. What is the best approach in mastering these techniques that you're speaking of about how to negotiate with your spouse or with your friend or with your franchise owner? You see, as I said earlier, anytime there's expectation of exchange, good services or behavior is a negotiation. 
And negotiation has a structure that step-by-step we have to follow if we want to optimize the result. And I have come up with the eight universal laws of enlightened negotiation that we have to really adhere to these laws in order to be successful. And the laws are, each law is a chapter in the book that I mentioned, Enlightened Negotiation. And the full title is Enlightened Negotiation, Eight Universal Laws to Connect, Create, and Prosper. And the laws are law of trust. It is essential that we establish trust is essential to have a clear intention. What are we aiming to get as the end of this negotiation? The law of communication, to be able to understand the fundamentals of any communication, how to do it properly, how to use some of the techniques in communication to make it more effective. The law of strength, which really comes about knowledge. How much do we know about our essence, our own needs, what we need from the negotiation? What, how much do we know about the other party's needs? These are covered in the law of strength and the law of flexibility. And this is a pretty important chapter in the book uh, to be creative, to be flexible. A lot of time negotiation you know, gets into conflict, turn to a conflict because we have not created enough options and people cannot be flexible. And the flexibility gives us more tools to work out uh, the differences and find a solution. And ultimately, the law of mindfulness, be mindful about ourselves, of the other party, as well as the uh, process of negotiation. And then the final chapter is the law of Reflection at every time, you know, reflecting back, see what was productive, what was not, how can we do it better next time? And so learning these laws give us a lot of tools to approach in each negotiation properly and achieve a better result. Yeah, that's pretty heavy. <laughs> and, and probably not that heavy. It's probably natural, but people overlook it. In the franchise world, a lot of times trust is broken. Is there a way to repair trust or once it's broken, it's broken? It is a very good question. Trust, it takes a long time to build and it takes a moment just to destroy it. Uh First, once we know this is the case, we have to be very mindful of establishing trust and also understanding that about ourselves. Are we trustworthy? We always, you know, look at the other person, uh, whether they're trustworthy or not. And understanding, does my words and my action bring trustworthiness to the table? And uh, that is a very important question to ask right from the beginning. One of the elements is, yes, we can eliminate, we can rebuild trust, but it takes a long time. And that is, I always, you know, say, you know, do whatever you can to not to get to, not to get to that level. But if it's broken, 
you can go back and see it was a result of miscommunication, misperception, or a cultural misunderstanding. Sometimes this has nothing to do with trust, but because our communication was not clear, because our perception was different, our cultural understanding was different, we label it as a broken trust. Uh-huh. Uh, that uh, we can easily solve those, but deeper issues requires longer term rehabilitation. Yeah. And I think that when you are in a trust or mistrust situation, my favorite phrase is, you know, your actions are so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. Absolutely. You could apologize over and over, but if your actions are not congruent with, you know, being sorry for what you've done or said or what have you, uh, it doesn't matter. So you really need to, you know, you really need to act wisely and with caution a lot of times. Absolutely. And frankly, uh, when I started uh, going to really companies and start talking about this, as a matter of fact, trust is the first thing that I talk. Mm -hmm. I was teaching at the university, which was the first five hours of the course was about trust. And also when I do a workshop, first I establish because that is the foundation of any relationship. Uh-huh. And that to me is, uh, has to be treated very carefully. Yeah. And as an aside, you know, and this is probably not something that you talk about too often, but sometimes trust could be broken in an email or a text because you can't tell the tone of someone's voice. So I, I could say, Doc, where are you? You know, but if you read that, I could say, hey, where are you, man? What are you doing? You know, I want to hang out. But to you, you might read it and say, it might sound to you much differently, like, Doc, where the heck are you, man? What the yeah, hell? You stood yeah, me up, man. Yeah. You know, and that's not what I meant at all. So it could be totally misconstrued. And, and that's something I think that's happening more and more now, obviously, through electronic communication. You're right. As I said, I was going to say that uh, when I worked with companies, I was amazed with the sensitivity of people and how easily, how easily trust can be broken. And a lot of time is just a matter of uh, congruity of words and action that you referred to it earlier that, you know, uh, oh, let's get together for coffee. Let's get together for coffee but you never take a uh, step in following through setting up the, that appointment for coffee because, oh, he's just a word. I can trust him because he doesn't really mean it. Even those small things in people's interaction in organization, I have seen it when we discuss about trust has come up as a big deal, as a big thing that, you know, we can trust each other or not, which is really not, should not be that way. But those are, that we have to create in organization an environment that we can talk about these things and not just push it under the rug because as we talked earlier, these things builds up and it could explode later on. Yep, it definitely will blow up. Absolutely. What is uh, one thing you're really excited about right now in, uh, in your business? One thing that is really exciting is when... I come from this perspective, I share this perspective, I come from this authentic place, people get it and I see the smile in their face and I see that that 
even looking at negotiation from the perspective of generosity and abundance, they feel so free to connect with people and to make their life more positive. That has been really extremely rewarding that, and that has been the driver of my business the last few years that I embarked on really getting this word out to the public and sharing it. And uh, as you know, generosity, as you give, there's so much pleasure in giving. Mm-hmm. And what I'm sharing with people, even though it's very simple, but it's very profound and it affects them not only in their business, but also in their personal life, their family life. I think when you open up, I know our, our, our mentor, you and I uh, work with a gentleman by the name of Bo Eason. And Bo always talks about generosity on the stage and letting people kind of inside you a little bit, inside your world. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you become authentic. And pe- as he says, people cannot look away. Absolutely. Absolutely. And really, at any time, there are a lot of time you can give a lot more. And once you do that, things that really doesn't cost you anything, you can be a little bit more generous and start opening up. And they have measured that the pleasure points in the brain are activated when we give. So by that, we are also satisfying ourselves. We are creating Mm -hmm. joy for ourselves when we're giving, coming from that generosity and giving all you can. That's right. When you're feeling down, the best thing to do is give something to someone, even if it's just a smile, and 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 be in gratitude for what you have. Because when you're in gratitude, you can't be anywhere else. Is Absolutely that right? beautiful, beautifully said. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I learned that from you somewhere along the line. What is one myth about negotiation that you would like to bust right here, right now? Okay, are you ready? <laughs> I am Nego- ready. Negotiation is not haggling. Oh. Negotiation is different than haggling. As a matter of fact, Tom, there are languages in the world that there is no word for negotiation. In yeah. Chinese, in Arabic, in my mother tongue, Farsi, in Turkish, in Japanese, there is not a specific word for negotiation. But there are words for haggling, wrangling, bickering. And as a result of that, it has a different mindset. And haggling has its own place. I'm not putting down haggling. When you go to a bazaar, yes, you haggle. Right. But that has its own place. As a matter of fact, if you don't haggle, they don't like it. It's part of the culture. But right. that is a comes from the mentality of scarcity, limitation, fear. Negotiation is different as we know it in English language. Negotiation is, especially I'm going to, because of the time, I'm going to really focus on enlightened negotiation, is maximizing the collective gain. How can I get as much as I can? At the same time, I work as hard as I can to give, create value for the other side. That is the myth that people go to any interaction that is negotiation 
and they don't distinguish between haggling and negotiation. As a matter of fact, there are many books, some of them are bestseller books, under the code of negotiation, but inside is all t- they're telling you how to haggle. <laughs> and they are, honest to God, they are, they are there. And that is uh, the service for society, for a community, and we have to know the difference between negotiation and haggling. Well, I think all franchise companies need to have this at their conference. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Absolutely. Can you tell me, or tell us, I should say, the listeners, where can we get a copy of your book? You know, you have been so generous. You are so such a astute businessman with a big heart. And as we started this uh, conversation, I thought, you know, I have to give to your audience. So for the next 48 hours, if people go to my website and sign up for the newsletter so we can contact them and get their address, I'm going to send a free copy of my book. They only pay for the shipping, of course, handling and shipping. And also the book is also available on Amazon. Uh, However, next 48 hours after listeners go to my website, I would like to offer you and your audience that free book. Thank you so much. That's My so pleasure. awesome. I am going to put that on the website as well so people <laughs> okay. can see that. Absolutely. That is a blessing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. That's a great thing. So we will do that for sure. And so again, how could people get in touch with you to make an appointment or reach out for more information? Yeah. on my website, enlightennegotiation.com under the tab of services, there are different services, and I also offer a 20 minutes free consultation that they can s- schedule a time uh, to discuss, to see whether my services are something that they need, and we'll take it from there. That sounds great. Dr. Murhad Narzari, thank you so much for coming on the Franchise Academy podcast. You have some awesome information and just enlightenment in general for the franchise world. So I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration. Inspiration.